Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing. This is episode 615. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 850 florist shops and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor, Farm Grow Flowers. Farm Grow Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $10 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. And thank you to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. Well, we have an info and inspo-packed show today in which you'll meet all six floral experts who will present at next week's Slow Flower Summit. I'm thrilled that these gifted and talented flower friends were able to join me in the virtual studio this past week for a quick introduction and lively conversation. In one week's time, the Slow Flower Summit will take place on June 26th and 27th at the Bellevue Botanical Garden in the Seattle area. It's our sixth annual gathering, and we want to showcase as many speakers as possible, bringing a diverse range of ideas and creativity to our attendees. When Karen Thornton, our event manager, and I discovered that the meeting spaces at the Bellevue Botanical Garden could be divided to accommodate simultaneous breakout sessions, well, it seemed like a great idea to offer three subject tracks. We've never done this before, so it's going to be fun to see how to move all the many people and places around in a short period of time. On Tuesday, there will be three options at both 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., before and after lunch, organized by floral design, flower farming, and sustainability themes. So today you'll meet all six of the experts who will present in these tracks, all our past guests of the Slow Flowers podcast, so you may recognize their names and voices. For scheduling reasons, we recorded on two different days. First, you'll meet Sarah Riaz of Wildflower and Fern, who is one of our sustainability speakers. And you'll also hear from both of our flower farming speakers, Tracy Yang of John Co. Farm and Dee Hall of Mermaid City Flower Farm. And then in part two, you'll meet Becky Feesby of Prairie Girl Flowers, the second sustainability speaker, and both of our floral design presenters, Gina Let Shrewsbury of Inspirations by Gina and Valerie Chrysostomo of Black Girl Florists. I'm excited to dive right in, so let's get started. Hi, everybody. Uh, Deborah Prinzing here, and this is a very special edition of the Slow Flowers Show because we're going to preview some of our amazing speakers at the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit. 
On day two, we have um, three subject matter tracks. And so I've invited the speakers of those tracks to uh, join us and so you can meet them and hear a little bit about their story and what they're planning to bring. Today, we have Sarah Reyes, a wildflower and fern. Hi, Sarah. Hi, guys. And Tracy Yang of John Co. Hi, Tracy. Hello. And Dee Hall of Mermaid City Flowers. And I hope I said that right, Dee. Yeah, you did. Hello. <laughs> and all three are past guests of the Slow Flowers podcast. And I was just reminiscing that all three of them I've been able to fortunately interview in person. So this is a little bit um, of the virtual studio. Um, but one of the tracks that we have is focused on sustainability. And Sarah's going to be on that track uh, with Becky Feesby. And then one is the flower farming track. And we've got Tracy and Dee here to both talk about that. We're going to try to get the other speakers in in another session. Um, but Sarah, uh, I, I think I've talked about every time I talk about you, I say you have like perfect attendance. You've attended every single Slow Flower Summit. Yeah. What possessed you to come in, the very, in 2017 to come from Oakland to Seattle and attend? That was really special. I think it helped that I had met you in person before that. So there was already this connection. And That's I was right. Really, I was really excited about um, sourcing local and, you know, it's easy for me to do being in California. And so um, I just felt this connection with what you were doing right off the bat. Yeah, it was great to have your spirit and energy there and um, and continue year after year. No pressure, but you have to come next year now. <laughs> but I, I thought, I was like, you know, this is this is somebody who really walks the talk and I really wanted to have you speak. So you're going to be um, kind of presenting during this conversation, a, a larger conversation of sustainability. But I asked, I asked you specifically to talk about how do you run a retail flower shop in a sustainable way? And maybe you could tell everybody for, you know, get an introduction to Wildflower and Fern, where you're at and kind of what, what are the building blocks of your business? Okay, so Wildflower and Fern, um, like, like Deborah said, is a retail shop. We're in Oakland, California, and we started out really as another business called Unfurled, and we did wholesale um, sales to other florists and floral designers, and then I had the opportunity to take over a space uh, from my previous boss. I had managed his shop for a couple years, and I was able to just pivot over to locally grown right away. I wasn't sure how our market would, would do with that. Um, the previous owner had, you know, supported local a bit, but did a lot of import stuff. So they're used to imported roses. They weren't used to the local roses. Um, and he never gave that a try. He just thought that our market would, wouldn't buy those things. But hmm. um, they really seem to love it. I'm in a food market. So it's a European-style food market. And there's a lot of people that come and shop through that are looking for organic and locally grown stuff they have a really nice produce market that's a lot of local and they do importing also but but the focus is local and so I just sort of got to hit the ground running with customers that were already a bit used to that they weren't used to organic or or didn't understand why it was so important but I love to talk about it um, when I'm in the shop I pretty much talk to um, and make connection with each each customer and so yeah so it's just been a really fun road of teaching people why it's important to source locally. And yeah. I mean, I feel like the other thing is that you, I mean, it's so cool because Tracy and Dee are both farmers, so you can l love on them, but you love to talk about your relationships with the farms yeah. that you buy from. And, and I don't know how many different farms do you source from? Oh gosh, I don't even know. 
It's quite a few. Um, I've slowed down a little bit on the farm loop just because most of my my farmers that I'm used to buying from change their business models during COVID and are doing more CSA and more um, farm scant and, and using the online sourcing tools as well. Yeah. Um, which I don't really use because I really like my connection with the farmers. I have yeah. a couple unrooted farmer that I use that I have a relationship with. So people are um, often able to deliver to you. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Well, so I have a couple that deliver some of the larger farms and then I go to um, farmers markets and meet them at the farmers market. So we're sort of each going halfway. And that was a, a change in my model during COVID was shopping at the farmers markets. And I just continue to do it because I made connections with new farms during that time and they really helped me. I was helping them. And these connections that I have with the farmers, I roll that over to the customers. So the customers have relationships with the farmers in a different way. And I, I think that's one of the things that they really like here. Um, when we get mixed bouquets from certain farms and they're labeled with their labels, we keep those on so that the customers know the source of origin of flowers and it's important. Mm -hmm. And they may recognize a farm and go right for that bouquet or they might jump from farm to farm. And um, mm -hmm. we, we make a lot of our own hand bouquets. We're a flower bar. So people can come and kind of choose their own flowers and build their own bouquet if they want or choose what they want and then we'll both build it for them. Um, and so I want the bouquets to be our style, but these farm bouquets pretty much are because we're a little bit wild and farmy. Well, you are wildflower and fern, so yeah. <laughs> I know you sell fern plants. In fact, I can see some outside yeah. behind you there on the, the canopy. So it, you also sell plants, right? We don't sell a ton of plants. I have a friend who's got two shops about a mile in each direction from me, and I'm not a, plant, a super plant person. So, but the ferns, you know, obviously I need to carry ferns. And Part people, of your brand. People were buying plants a lot in the beginning of COVID, and so the ferns were just rolling out of here. And we have, yeah. we have blooming orchids. Occasionally I'll buy like a really cool begonia or something, but we focus on the flowers. So um, before we move on to um, Tracy and Deke, t talk just a little bit about what you want to share with the audience at the Slow Flower Summit. And, of course, you want people to bring questions, too, so there can be yeah, conversation. Yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about my story. Um, I mean, you've had it on a couple different platforms already. Um, and I want to talk about how this shop is sustainable. And our the biggest percentage of that for us is by buying locally grown flowers. There are lots of other ways we still need to change. And so we're in the process of doing that. There's a company called Ridwell that just started being accessible for me. Um, and so we're just getting started on a program with them where they can recycle some of the things that can't recycle through the shop. And so there, are, what I wanna talk about is being real about how things are going and what the challenges are and and it's not always easy to be sustainable. I'm lucky that I'm at this food market where they already have a composting program. So we compost everything here. Wow. And are able to recycle with them as well, which is really nice. Yeah. My biggest challenge is, of course, the plastic sleeves because our company that we go through doesn't have a way to recycle those. So it's a conversation that I have with other florists every once in a while. And we think of a plan of what to do with them. Let's all return them back to the wholesalers all at once. 
try to send a message, but then you get busy and you don't do it. So anyway, those are the things that I want to want to work on. So I want to talk about what we're doing now and what we're planning to do, and and some of the things are difficult. Some of them are pretty easy. And I recognize yeah. that I'm in an easy spot for buying locally grown flowers, but there's also, you know, people that are shipping from state to state, and I'm okay with that. You know, we a, a large percentage of what we grow is local, but I also have another tier that I consider Washington and Oregon. Right. Get a good amount from there also, and then domestic. Yeah. So I don't have a lot of domestic outside of the West Coast, but we do, um, and so it's. If you're not in an area like I'm in, there are resources for getting stuff domestic that people yeah. don't really know about. So I might list a few of those. And then I want to do, I'm starting to kind of flip our sympathy work into more green sympathy work. And I have a lot of learn to learn still. Um, my funeral wreaths are not compostable, but there's very little plastic. I'm using zip ties still. Um but otherwise, it has a moss and chicken wire cage and using things that are more durable, tubing some things. But then I get everything back from the mortuary. Wow. I reuse the tubes. I can't reuse the zip ties, but I'm reusing the cage that I'm making, um, reusing the wreath, unless the family wants to take the poem. You know, but that's not really common. Yeah. Um, wow. We, so I, I want to build one of those during my talk just to kind of show people how, how it can be done yeah. and then um, possibly do a flower arrangement. I'm still kind of working out my, my time flow and see how that goes. Yeah. It's a lot to ask of all of you in 30 minutes or excuse me, in an hour to talk and do a demo, but that's an option. And we have vases and flowers for all of you, if you'd like, or, you know, other materials, Sarah. So it'll be fun. And now the reason that we, I'll just say the reason we ask everyone or gave everyone who's speaking an option to do a design is that that seems to be the number one uh, most uh, preferred or favorite uh, elements of the summit is when people get to learn by watching designs. So I would, yeah, Sarah, I'd say go for it. Even if you like pre-make something and just talk about yeah, it a little bit, yeah. I think that'll be a good takeaway. That's what I'm thinking. Awesome. Anything else? Do you feel like you're ready? I, I feel like I'm almost ready. I'm getting there. Okay. You're going to have a warm room, a room of people who want to support you and encourage you and are, you know, just happy to hear your story. So I'm thrilled that you're going to talk about that. And I think retail is a unique, you know, a unique character. And there'll be some other retail florists who have, who, who are going to, you know, take comfort in hearing what, what you're up against. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Tracy and Dee, you're both going to be presenting on the flower farming track. And I pulled up the descriptions because I couldn't quite remember the titles. Um, so Tracy, I'm going to start with you. You Well, both of you are going to talk more as business, business strategies for flower farmers, which I think is really, um, you know, that's really in this alignment with Slow Flowers and our mission, because we're not here to teach people how to flower farm. I would be the last person you want to learn how to flower firm with. I can highlight the experts like the two of you. Um, but Tracy, you're speaking on um, making the leap into flower farming. And uh, again, like Sarah saying that she's going to share her story. I hope that people learn both from you and Dee on your stories. And Dee, will, I will just mention that your talk is really focused on creative business strategies for urban, for urban micro farm and design studios. So actually, um, 
I think those are going to really complement each other. I can't remember who's going first, but Tracy, tell us a little bit about what you're, how you're preparing and what you're planning to bring to the table uh, in two weeks. Oh, so not going to lie. I'm uh, pretty nervous. Um, so how I've been preparing is pretty much just kind of reflecting on my journey as a flower farmer thus far, um, you know, I still consider myself a baby in the industry, um, but I've, I'm a fast learner and <laughs> I, and honestly, um, I've been forced to learn very quickly. So, um, I, yeah, I'm really just ready to share, um, how I got into flower farming and, um, where I am at with it currently. So. Well, yeah, and you have you we did have you on the podcast not that long ago. I think sometime maybe was it last fall? Oh mm-hmm. I can't remember. Anyway, it was within the yeah. last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, because I got to come visit uh John Cove Farm. But can you just talk a little bit about the farm and, and how you have it set up so people can kind of place you on the map and and also know a little bit about your scale? And we'll ask you the same thing. Yeah. Um so I am on leased land. Um, I live in Everett, but my farm is in Monroe, which and is those are like, outside of Seattle, right? Yes. Yep. Those are outside of Seattle. Um, and let's see, I have four acres. Um, my farm is, you know, it's still a starter farm. It's still growing. Um, it's actually grown since you've been there, Deborah. So okay. <laughs> you should cool. come out again, but I know I will uh, this summer. Yeah. Um, but there, let's see, the biggest thing I did um, within the past year is grow my perennials. So I put in a lot of perennials uh, since the fall. And um, yeah, and the Dahlia production has, um, I think it's doubled, but according to Mama Yang and Nick, the Dahlia production has tripled since last year. So <laughs> you have to tell um, everyone who Mama Yang and who Nick yeah. are. <laughs> <laughs> Mama Yang is my beloved mother, um, and Nick is uh, my boyfriend, my partner. Who so, kind of insta- he kind of instigated this for he you? He instigated he? the whole thing, and <laughs> yeah, like although it was you know it's been in my family for uh, like twenty years, I. It just, you know, never occurred to me to officially be a part <laughs> of the floral industry. But yeah, Nick was the one who was like, no, we're, we should do this. We definitely should. And yeah, so, so here we are. <laughs> so you're, you're growing on leased land, but did you, you, it sounds like you felt comfortable planting perennials because if you did have to relocate, what would you take them with you or dig them up? <laughs> yeah. So them? usually... You know, um, and that's that's something that's a, also a cultural thing that I, I realized um, the more I like got into the industry. I was like, oh, um, just because being like the Hmong culture, how we farm is and listening to my mom's stories of how she farmed living in like Laos and Thailand. She was always like, oh, we go to the farm. So they mm-hmm. never, ever lived on the farm. It was always like leased land, always farming someone else's land. So I think that just carried over Hmm. um, here to America. So Mm -hmm. it's just you work with, you just work with what you're given. Yeah. And, you know. Well, the thing that I thought was really interesting when I first met you, and I think Dee, you and Tracy and I all met at the ASCFG conference last, uh, last 
We do. Paul. Yeah. So I forgot that you guys were part of both, both there. Um, but Tracy's comment early on when I first started chatting with her was like, this is serious. This is a business and I'm going to treat it like a business and I'm going to only, you know, I'm going to focus on what's profitable, not what other people are telling me I should grow. And I feel like that's um, not always talked about Tracy. So how, how are you? You're in also in college. You're also getting a degree. Is it in business? (laughs) Yeah, it's in uh, marketing. Okay. That's handy. It is. It's yeah. come in very, very handy. Um, yeah. Well, what are the things that you've identified that have really been um, important business decisions um, in terms of like what you're growing or what your what your markets are, or are you retail? Or are you wholesale? Like all those sort of questions that everybody has to face when they start a farm. Yeah. Um, honestly, I think if I didn't have prior entrepreneurial experience, um, it would have. You know, the flower farm would have been very challenging, but I think it, it was a combination of my past experience and then also the support of my family that um, we, you know, we were able to be successful kind of right off the bat. So, um, but it's really for me. I think the biggest asset that I bring to the table is that I'm very observant. So I'm very like like I watch what the customer likes. I watch what they go for. Um, I'm not afraid to ask questions either. Um, you know, uh, I'll kind of make it seem like it's small talk, but really I'm trying to do like research. <laughs> I'm like, so. <laughs> watch out everybody. If she small talks, you yep. have to sum it. <laughs> yep. I'm like, so, hmm. you know. No, I'm but the thing is you're not just taking, you're giving as much as you're taking in a conversation. Like it's, it is, there's a, yeah. a rich, yeah. a rich exchange of, of ideas. So yeah, I, for I, sure, for sure. I think that's valuable. Yeah. So. Do you want yeah. to talk quickly about the collective that you've just formed? Because Dee has a collective too. So I think this is sort yeah. of an impro- important. I, yeah, this is I asked Tracy up. if I could join the collective and she's like, you know, you just have to move here. <laughs> you I might know. have I to move here, Dee. We've talked about this, yeah. Dee. You just need to come to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> There's just three time zones between us, Dee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, so something that I've learned about myself um, just over the years and it came full circle again, becoming a flower farmer. And that is that community means a lot to me. I'm very like community oriented and something I learned just, uh, you know, reconnecting to my roots being Hmong is like, I saw that in action just amongst the Hmong flower farmers. Like we all have our own businesses, but at the same time we help each other. Mm. Um, you know, and I was like, you know, why is this not a widespread thing in uh, in everything? You know, mm-hmm. like wh- where where is the sense of that, especially um, with a pandemic happening? You know, um, like why why how and why did we lose sense of that? So I was like, you know what, um, I and something that I do as a business owner too is I focus on what. I know I can control mm-hmm. and what I can do. So I was like, you know, I don't have to wait for somebody to to do this, right? I can be the change. I can be the difference that I want to see in the industry, in the community in general. So um, that's kind of what inspired me to to start uh, the Snow Co Flower Collective. So 
<laughs> well, the Snow Co. Flower Collective has a lot of little, uh, it's like a, a rhyme, Snow Co. Flow Co., right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Flo-co, but Flo-co. it's exciting. And you guys are launching really soon, right? And, and just, you yep. know, we'll share that information too on the summit. And I can share it in our show notes. Is there mm-hmm. an Instagram page or a website yet? Or Yep, yep. There's okay. an Instagram and a website. Um, the okay. website is snowcoflowco.com. And Instagram is snowcofloco. So. And this is Snohomish County, which is the county north of Seattle, just so people understand where it mm-hmm. is on the map. And this area where Tracy and Nick are already farming, it seemed like there was a lot of small micro farmers yeah. and boutique farmers kind of cropping up who weren't interested in selling into the large Seattle um, market. Is it just because of distance, yeah. right? Yes, yes. And so, also there's... Um, what I surprisingly found out is there's a number of florists up here also that do not like making the commute down to Seattle to shop. So they were like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. It could, it could easily be an hour, uh, you know, if there's no traffic and then it can be brutal if there is traffic. So yeah, yeah, for, yeah, definitely. Yes. Uh, well that's exciting. And what's your opening day? Uh, July 27th. So okay, and this is this weeks. is whole this is wholesale only, or will there be a retail component? It's it's so the pricing is wholesale, um, but it is open to both florists and retail shoppers. So okay, um, part of my decision to make just uniform pricing um, for both uh, floral professionals and retail customers is one um it's easier for farmers to keep track of and then two also accessibility um Mm -hmm. that's that's a big thing for me too is um you know i want to make local flowers accessible not just to people within the industry but Mm -hmm. to the community um as a whole yeah that's great well hopefully i'll be able to come up and to visit you on the opening day it'll be well after the summit so i will have a a less busy (laughs) schedule and you know this is a great experiment and like everything else i've witnessed you doing sometimes you course correct and sometimes you evaluate and and you know make different decisions so i wish we wish you a lot of luck and we're so glad we'll see you at the summit and tracy you're a great presenter you you spoke at the seattle or the northwest Flower and Garden Festival this past February on the flower stage, which I was managing. And I just, I, people just loved what you presented. So uh, (laughs) you, you, you've got the skill. (laughs) It's going to be, it's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm Um, excited. Okay. And so you're going to be in the same breakout room with Dee Hall of Mermaid City Flower Farm. Hi Dee. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you're coming. And um, I know You've done a lot of speaking as well. And uh, just give us an update on what's happening with Mermaid City and um, what you hope to share about having, you know, you have more than one farm because you farm on lots of your neighbor's ground too, right? So um, interestingly enough, uh, Tracy was talking about community, which I feel, I mean, so I, you know, I farm, I grow on on borrowed space um, from neighbors. I actually have a wait list at this point um, because I'm still a one woman show and um, the word has gotten out and lots of people are like, yes, I would love to have you grow flowers and I don't have to do anything at all. And you'll also occasionally give me bouquets like, yeah, what's, where's the, you know, where's the downside of that? 
Um, and it's often. And I, I failed to mention where you are, too, Dee. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm in Norfolk, Virginia. So I'm on the East Coast. Um, and so um, it's been really interesting, kind of the evolution of the business starting out, you know, in just my, I don't have a backyard, it's all front yard and kind of having people see me get to know me that way in the neighborhood and then offering more space and then a friend telling a friend um even a fair amount of my business is from my neighbors maybe 15 percent of my business um are from my neighbors and that's subscriptions and dailies and i can often walk over um arrangements so um, I really love the somewhat unique model I've created where I have plots kind of in my neighborhood and it's kind of expanded. It's within about a three or four minute drive. So nothing that's that's uh, terribly uh, far away. So um, that's been pretty cool. Upcoming, um, I had a subscriber that works with a local uh, environmental organization and they are neighbors to another shop that's uh they're both about five minutes from my house and there's a collaboration actually going between the three of us the shop had some space that they wanted to fill with native plants um they learned wow. about me and i you know i do a lot of work with native plants like we're lots of native and um the environmental organization offered to um provide them with pallets they could use to make the beds, raised beds, and they're going to also fund the fl the native plants that are going to be put into those beds. Um, and then they've asked me to provide flowers for an event down the line. So it's kind of like community at its heart. I can walk to mm -hmm. these things from my house and um, there's no, I mean, this is, you can't get any more local yeah. than it's all upside grown down the, you know, grown down the street, um, you know, um, so that's, that's a pretty cool collaboration that I'm looking forward to. The beds are in the process of being built right now. So are you designing the plantings or are they going to, uh, you're just consulting with them and then you'll have the flowers for the event? No, I'm going to design the plants. I'm going to wow. be putting in, yeah, I'm going to be putting in everything there, um, that's as awesome. well. And I will actually be sourcing some of the perennials. A friend of mine has a, a native, uh, plant shop about two minutes walk from there. So a lot of perennials that if I don't already have, I'll, I'll be sourcing them from her with an emphasis, obviously on, um, those that can be cut. Um, that's wonderful. Right. Yeah. I mean, that feels like the, the next big thing is yeah. to grow, uh, grow natives that can be, um, good for your environment and your, your land, but also, and pollinators, but also look good and have a vase life. Yeah, so for sure. It's so it's so specific to region too, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Um, so I kind of, um, I, in the beginning when I was starting my farm, I knew I wanted to um, grow lots of natives. And so I kind of did a cross reference of, you know, like Southeastern uh, native plants with like the AFCFG reference guides and then other cut flower guides to kind of, figure out as a whole, you know, what my options were. And, you know, I say, I'll, I'll cut any, anything and put it in a vase, give it a, you know, to a vase test, a life test and see how that goes. And, you know, we can go from there. So I love it. Yeah. 
That's fun. Um, anything else you want to share about when what you're going to discuss when you're uh, here at the Slow Flower Summit? Yeah, I guess the the like I said, the biggest thing is community. I mean, um, Tracy was talking about marketing, and I I haven't had to do very much marketing so far because I have found um, with my model where I'm literally outside and and people see me and get to know me and tell a friend and tell a friend things have kind of grown on their own. Um, you know, it's been more than, than I could have imagined. Um, and speaking of collectives, I, I have two collectives as well. I have a local collective, the Tidewater Flower Collective, um, and then Black Flower Farmers. So, um, both were founded with the intent of kind of community building and share, uh, space sharing for growers, however formal or informal that they'd like it to be. So sometimes it's just us, you know, saying, oh my God, God, guys, look at this two foot tall, whatever, Snapdragon or whatever. And then um, recently somebody (laughs) asked about going in on, you know, um, an order for um, organic, you know, pest control. Somebody wanted to Mm -hmm. order, you know, uh, ladybugs, lace wings, that kind of thing. it just runs the gamut, you know, um, and black flower farmers, there's everything from, Hey, I, I'm interested in applying for a grant for the first time. You know, anybody have anything that they could, you know, tell me about that process too. I've never done funeral flowers and I have to do a funerary arrangement. Any tips for getting started, you know? Um, and often that's wonderful. Uh, people have a space where they can, if they, they bought excess, Sometimes, you know, farmers have been known to buy a little, get a little excessive with their, their purchases for <laughs> certain types of plants. I won't name any names. Guilty. I, I think florists do too, <laughs> right, Sarah? Um, you know, and so then there's a space to say, oops, guys, I bought, you know, I bought a thousand too many of these. Who's interested? Um, or even like in my local collective, you know, I have a wedding and whatever, I got rust on this crop. Does anybody have, you know, whatever, 10 bunches of stock I could use, I could, you know, buy or whatever. And um, I just love that collaborative aspect and it hasn't felt competitive at all. Um, People will often ask me that, do I feel like I'm competing? And I feel like, no, because we all have our areas that are somewhat unique. You know, I focus on subscriptions, weddings um and dailies but then there are some people who do wholesale only for instance or they prefer workshops another grower has recently moved into growing but um doing value mostly value-added products so she's drying her flowers and selling the value-added products and that's become a bigger seller for her than selling fresh cut flowers Mm -hmm. um so there's all kinds there's a conversation going on right now about you know quitting your corporate job to focus on you know flower farming full-time so it's really cool and um really insightful to get to be a part of all these different conversations um that Mm. happen in these groups Mm. i love it and i feel like the other community is going to be together uh in person at the Slowflower summit and um while we uh, don't have a specific our membership doesn't have a specific farming only focus. It's it's a real it's like a real um, intersection of sustainable floristry and sustainable flower farming, and that I think enriches all of us when we can learn from each other. So 
For sure. I'm thrilled that all three of you will be sharing and um, just uh, honestly have that time together over two days to just learn from each other. I thank you all so much for sharing. Is there anything anybody wants to add or ask before we wrap up? Do you want to ask questions of each other? <laughs> I did have a quick question for Deborah. Is Do you know the percentage of people that are more lay people and then people who are more farmers and then more florists or floral designers that are coming to the summit? Oh, that's a great question. Kind of our demographics. Um, I actually did a little um, deep dive into the registration list. We've got about 140 people coming. Um, There is a, there is a, about, I'd say about out of that, maybe 10 or 15 people who are, you know, just garden enthusiasts who really, and that's what we're seeing is that flower lovers, flower aficionados want to learn from the pros. So this is something that is out of botanical gardens. So we've drawn in some of the garden community or garden professionals. Um, But other than that, I would say it's about 50-50 between flower farmers. And I would include farmer florist in that category and then studio and retail uh, and event florist. So it's a real balance and um, it's kind of unique in that regard for other conferences because usually they're very floral design focused or very flower farming focused and we kind of do a mashup. Um, But you'll have a lot of, you'll all have a lot of peers and also people that you might end up, you know, wanting to do business with. Um, Who knows? I mean, that's, that's going to be part of the adventure. And uh, I, I told that to uh, Brad Seabee, the general manager of the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, where Tracy sells her flowers. I said, dude, if you want to launch a shipping program, this is when you should announce it because people are going to see all the local flowers and want to know how they can buy wholesale, you know, shipping. It's, I know it's a, easier for me to say that than to actually engineer it. But um, anyway, we'll see if that comes up. What do you think, Tracy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's a whole different business model. But yeah. but it's just going to be great to be immersed in local flowers. We have uh, flo- local flowers coming uh, from lots of our member growers and um, some of the larger commercial farms in California. And um, we just got Jim Martin, who's one of our members, who's going to help me uh, create an an entry installation that'll be ready when everybody walks in. He's from Composting My Shoe in uh, Charleston. So he's kind of in your backyard, D. He and I just got permission to go cut on a, a farm that is no longer growing for sale because they're converting to a wedding venue. And so we're going to be filling my, my Honda with as many branches as possible on Saturday. So we're going to have lots of material for people to get their hands on, which is really a fun part of the summit. All right. So I'm, I'm ready to wrap up. I know Tracy and Dee, do you have any questions? I don't want to cut you out if you have things to add. Just excited. No, yeah. I yeah. can't wait. I am. Yeah. I am thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah's flying in on sun, on Saturday and um, coming with one of her flower farmers, which is a, also a Slow Flowers member, which I love. And Dee, how about you? Are you going to come longer? Because I know you have lots of friends out yeah, here. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm actually coming on the Wednesday before. So I'm going to hang out and bother people, probably including Tracy. Um, I have, you know, <laughs> lots of uh uh, farmer florist friends, you know, in Seattle and North. So it's always a great opportunity for me to, you know, get together and I love it. And hang out. 
So who takes care of your your um your neighbors and their flower orders when you're gone? Do you have your son working on that? Um I made sure I um cleared my my week of I made sure I didn't have subscriptions or anything that week since I knew I had this. And <laughs> yes, my son, my 18-year-old, he has graduation today and so I my time is very limited on that, you know, very specific labor that I that I have until, you know, he leaves in a couple of weeks for college. So oh, no. <laughs> he'll probably be in charge of, you know, we've had an unusually cool and wet spring here. Um, you know, things are like weeks to months behind. Um, yeah. And so there hasn't been a whole lot that's needed to happen that would typically be happening um, in mm. June. But, you know, got to see, yeah. just watch the weather and see what happens. Yeah. I know, Sarah, it's probably hard for you to leave the retail shop uh, to travel. It's hard, but I have a pretty good team, and I've got coverage for buying and watching the shop. Yeah, good. Well, all three of you, I, I, I appreciate your presence and your talents and your hearts, and I'm excited to see you all at the summit. And thanks for chatting so we can share this with the larger Slow Flowers community. Um, maybe get a few more people to sign up. Or they can just kind of watch virtually and learn from all of you this way. So thanks so much. And I'll see you all in two weeks. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, I'm back. I'm Deborah Prinzing with the Slow Flowers podcast and Slow Flowers show. And this is part two of our speaker preview of all of our experts who are going to be at the Slow Flowers Summit just in 12 days on, uh, oh, I can't believe it, June 26th and 27th. So I'm delighted that these three beautiful, talented, gifted people are joining me in the, in the studio today. And I'm just going to introduce them clockwise, and then we're going to just visit with each of them for, you know, 10 minutes or so and uh, get a little update on what we can anticipate at the Slow Flower Summit. So upper left is Becky Feesby of Prairie Girl Flowers. Hi, Becky. And upper right is Gina Let Shrewsbury. And Gina is Inspirations by Gina in the Sacramento area. And Becky, I didn't say you're in the Calgary, Alberta, Canada area. And uh, <laughs> Valerie Chrysostomo of uh, Black Girl Flores, and you're coming to us from Atlanta. Hi, Valerie. Hey there. Yeah, hi. <laughs> well, great. Okay, so I'm going to start with Gina and Valerie because they're in the expert track on florist and floristry and floral design. And um, you're both going to speak on Tuesday back to back, and we are going to have conversations, lots of flowers, and lots of uh, kind of advice for people who are interested in upping their game in the floral world. Um, Gina, why don't you give us a snapshot of what's going on with Inspirations by Gina? And I'll, I'll just say, Gina and Valerie were on the podcast together right be in the early 2022, I think, before the first uh, Black Girl Florist Conference. So return guests. So, hey, Gina, what's going on? <laughs> Well, thank you for having me on the podcast again. I really appreciate it. There has been a lot going on this 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 season. Uh, the season started in January. Um, I've had opportunities to be on other podcasts. Of course, I'm going to be a speaker um, at the Slow Flower Summit. I'm very excited about that. Um, been doing a lot of weddings, uh, corporate events, and um, just you know, there's just so much, there's so much going on. I mean, yeah, just behind the scenes and in front. I mean, I've grown so much in the last year and I just, you know, I look at previous designs and I'm thinking, 
wow. And I can see in myself now how much I, I've grown. And um, this year, again, I participated in bouquets to art at the De Young Museum in San Francisco. And um, if anyone does not know, I made history last year as the first African-American floral designer to participate in the 38-year history. Yeah, what's, what's up with that? I mean, yeah, it's great, <laughs> but come on, people. <laughs> I mean, there, uh, you know, um, there's been other African-American floral designers coming in, but they were helping other individuals. Yeah. And, but I was the first that had and a business that, you know. Your own studio. Yeah. My own studio. And so it was really, really celebrated this year. Um, had uh, a TV appearance and, um, you know, that was, that was fun. Fun to be on the, on the news channel that I grew up with. Uh, shout out to KGO TV, Channel <laughs> 7 in San Francisco. Thank you. <laughs> I watched that segment. That was, I wanted it to be longer, but you know what? You take what you get I with know, media, exactly. right? Yeah. And TV, it's like, you know. It, it happened very, very quickly. So that was kind of the highlight um, um, so far for this month. But yeah, with bouquets to art, it's it gives me a chance to break out of the wedding florist, floral designer mode yeah. and take take art and then interpret it how I feel it should look. Yeah. And so, of course, me overanalyzing everything. I kept looking because of, it was based on the the woman in a yellow dress and it's by Nicholas Africano. And it's this glass sculpture that um, where the, the lady's wearing an all yellow dress. And I kept thinking, okay, I need to do a mannequin. I need to do this. Oh, I need to right. do that. And I'm just like, no, I just like, no, stop it. I'm not stop overanalyzing and just think of it in terms of flowers and that's when I like went shopping at the Flower Mart, San Francisco Flower Mart, and I got Banksia, I got Protea, pincushion Proteas, of course, at my one of my favorites, Billy Balls, and I got yellow roses, and I put in orchids, and I just I just ran ran with it. Um, unfortunately, I had to use foam <laughs> just to keep the you know piece fresh for all, the whole week. But I did add a little bit of a sustainability aspect to it. The containers that it was in, I got it from Goodwill. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that kind of repurposing and recycling is something you do throughout, you know, exactly. business, especially I think during COVID when you were doing everyday orders for people, right? Right, exactly. I mean, I was taking like uh, huge vegetable cans and I was like um, painting them. Mm. Mm. Love it. Well, Gina, the um, piece was so beautiful. I'll try to get a photo and put it in our show notes um, so people can see it. Okay. Um, because it's it, the bouquets to art is still going on through the end of the week, right? Um, it ended on Sunday. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it Great. ended well, on congratulations. Sunday. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That is huge. And you're <laughs> going to do a floral design at the Slow Flowers Summit. Um, and so, as is Valerie, Becky has begged off. 
<laughs> but we'll he- we'll hear why in a minute. Um, but what do you hope? So your your topic is a little bit of a has a sustainability thread when you're speaking at the Slow Flower Summit um, from a florist point of view, a wedding and event mm-hmm. florist. You're also going to mm-hmm. talk about your sourcing um, relationships uh, and where you where you get flowers, but what are, what are you hoping to bring to the conversation? And, and I, it is a conversation. I think it'll be very interactive mm-hmm. with the audience. Well, the conversation that I want to, you know, bring to the table is that, you know, we love to bring pretty to people's lives, but we need to bring pretty to our own lives. Mm. And whether it's through farming and seeing, seeing things, you know, grow, out of the soil or, you know, we're farming, um, we're retailing. We need to, we need to bring pretty to our own soul and spirit. Mm. And, um, I think that is very, very important in today's climate. Yeah. It's a person, personal sustainability. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have fun. I know you're going to yes. have a yes, few surprises. I'm bring some interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, that's because that's I, awesome. Because I know when I go to a conference, I just I, I just hate when there's like a talking head up front, and it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, wah 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 wah, and the PowerPoint presentation, and I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> I want you know, it's going to yeah. be very very interactive. Right. Well, I think we're going to have a little bit of everything. And so there will be some people who use PowerPoint and, uh, but they're right. And we love our speakers. (laughs) (laughs) But for you, but for you and I, and actually the floral designs um, breakout room is going to be outdoors in this Mm -hmm. open air lattice space that um, it's not like the public can wander in or anything, but it's going to be shaded so that if it happens to be really hot and sunny in Seattle, which doesn't look like it'll happen, you know, people will be out of the sun, but also there'll be this sort of garden environment. So, you know, you can make a mess and, you know, leave clippings on the floor. It's not a big deal. We'll be able to sweep them up afterwards. But um, <laughs> knowing me, I'll probably, I'll probably, what, can I have the broom and I'll start sweeping? <laughs> it's so, fu- it's so funny you say that. We actually had a, Karen and I had a meeting yesterday. This is an aside, but relevant. We had a meeting with um, Lori Poliski and Tammy Myers, who are local Slow Flowers members who are going to kind of spearhead the floral design takeover on Monday afternoon. And um, they were really worried about how many brooms we're going to have and how many um, bags of comp for compost. And Karen, just our event manager said, you know what, this crowd, this Slow Flowers crowd I can tell they all come out of the event event business because I've never worked on a conference where people clean up after themselves. Like, you know, the 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 pet the pet company and the corporate investors, they don't pick up after themselves. So she's she loves the fact that we we know how to we're thoughtful. Yeah. So and, and not women, the, not women and too. And they're women. But not but our speakers should not have to pick up after themselves, but we'll have lots of volunteers. Anything else, Gina, before I bounce over to uh, Valerie? No, that's pretty much it. I'm I'm excited to to go up to one of my favorite cities, and I'm just going to let it be known. All the times I've been to Seattle, I have brought great weather, except except the last time where it snowed. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I don't that think it's going to snow in June. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep looking at the f- the forecast, and um, I I'm going to check real quick while we're talking. I mean, we don't have a complete two day two week forecast, but. It looks like it will be um, uh, in the mid-70s, and 
the Friday before the summit, it's supposed to be 76 and 30% chance of rain. So I'll have some weather updates beyond that coming right up, but I think we'll be okay. Um, the nice thing about Seattle and mostly the whole West Coast in sorry, Valerie, you have, don't experience this, but you'll like it is no humidity, um, which is we're we're spoiled out here on the West Coast for that. Okay, Valerie, how are you? You've been traveling. What's been going on with your amazing universe of Black Girl Flores? I have been traveling. Oh my goodness. I have been all around the world. I would say even starting, I'm going to move over this one here. Okay. I can tell you're like in a workspace, right? I am. Yes. I'm trying to get like the quietest space to be in. I'm, but, um, you're doing great. <laughs> okay, great. But yes, I mean, it's been amazing. I would say since January 1, just running, 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 running. Um, we started with um, participating in the Philadelphia Flower Show and having great success in that space. And then moving on to having our second annual conference, which was just so amazing. I haven't even been, been able to unpack, honestly, how amazing of a time we had. And it was certainly completely different than the first um, just as amazing, but you can tell that each conference has their own personality. Um, and then moving through, going through a couple of conferences this summer, but for the most part, just been jumping and traveling and doing all the things. Well, I want to talk about uh, this remarkable uh, accomplishment of a group of Black Girl Florists members, and you were kind of the design lead on this, right? Uh, yes. At the Philadelphia Flower and Garden Show, you did an installation um, yes. and you won some awards. And this was just in, was it in early March? It was, late okay. February, early March. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tell us about it. Uh, it you, was fantastic. You, you had, it, it was an indoor, this, they went back to the indoor conference, uh, indoor they flower did. show, right? Okay. Yes. Cause they were outdoor the year before and then they brought it back into the um, Pennsylvania convention center um, this year. So it was indoors, which was great. That helped out a lot um, to keep the flowers fresh and, and with hydration, which is really great. Um, but it was fantastic. We had a design that featured three different barrels that reflected the number of years that each of the floors have been in the industry. And how when we share and basically give of our talent that basically we create something beautiful. It culminated in the center with three trees, which are representative of, a, of our foundation in the industry and how high we can go when we work together. And then on the other side, it splashed up against a really large flower wall, which inherently became like the centerpiece of the show. And people just took pictures in that space. <laughs> which is not what we were expecting, but it was really awesome to see everyone engage with our design and just be really proud of our participation. Was there a name for the design or, um, if so, I apologize. I don't remember what it is. Yeah. Yes. It was, um, unified through our poor. Okay. Yeah. And what did you, what you won a couple of awards? What, what were the, um, prizes that the judges gave you? We did. So we won two awards. One award, so each of the awards are pretty much grouped. So we won in the second place group, which was the silver medal. And then we also won the Gardening for Good Award. Oh my gosh, congratulations. I mean, thank you so much. Just just back to, you know, kind of Gina's point about, you know, the de Young and bouquets to art and to see Black Girl Florist at the Philadelphia Flower and Garden Festival. I feel like that the people who are attending those events are going to be so enriched by seeing representation of artists who they look like and who look like them and who they can like young people who can learn and say, Oh, this is a profession that I could follow. I mean, you must've had some great conversations with, with attendees. 
Oh, yes. I mean, a lot of the attendees really enjoyed like the installation, but when they heard the story in the background and understood what it took to bring this installation to life, everyone loved it so, so much. Well, I'd love to get a couple photos to put in our show notes. Yeah, I'll of, share with of, you. of the the. I mean, it's epic. What I know about the Philadelphia Flower and Garden Show, and I think I probably mentioned this to you, it's like nine days, right? Yeah, it's really long, like two and a half weeks. <laughs> oh my gosh. You have to like put your whole life on hold to do that. I, I'm impressed. Yep. And you then went to you, water in the morning, you went yeah. to water in the evening every single day. How many, how many of your members participated in that? We had 12 floors that participated from literally all over the nation. Wow. Not the wow. West Coast, <laughs> unfortunately. Well, next, yeah. <laughs> next I mean, time, Gina, you got to come out. <laughs> well, need more notice. <laughs> I don't Let me tell I you, any well, notice. you know, speaking to Gina's point, that's the beauty of it. We came in on the show at the very tail end during the holiday season. I mean, we had to get really, really get start moving and get everything in order i sent an email to all the florists and the organization and i was like hey who's available because by then the other participants had been having information for at least a couple months so it was ex- it's so exciting how we were able to mobilize together and come up with this design the mechanics for this design and then everyone change around the schedule to come up for those two weeks i mean to gina's point yeah super last minute but we pulled it together mm. That's great. Well, there'll be other yeah. opportunities. Yeah. Next year is, or this yeah. year. Yes. <laughs> this year. Yeah. Give us a, give us some notice, that, you know, because trying to get on the, I mean, you have to like take out yeah. a mortgage to get back East during the yeah. holidays. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens with regional events. I feel like that with the Slow Flower Summit too, a, a good number of our attendees are coming from, um, you know, the West Coast, uh, probably yeah. at least half. But there are people coming from about 20 or 20 different states and I think two Canadian oh, provinces. And we have a registrant from Tokyo. Can you believe it? <gasps> wow. Awesome. I know. That's going to be awesome. I know. I'm thrilled. I can't wait to hear what, what's going on in, you know, in her floral business. I just, at the original origi- uh, registration was la- literally in Japanese characters and I had to go dig around on oh, the internet to find man, out honey. what her name was. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so after uh, the Philly show, then you did go right back to Atlanta and produce the Black Girl Florist Conference, Valerie. Yes. I mean, that was in April, right? <laughs> It was in April. Yep. The first week of April, very, very quick turnaround, but it turned out fantastic. We had our um, Black Girl Florist Awards in the middle of the event. It's three days for the conference. And it was just fantastic seeing everyone connect and get to know one another. We did have some attendees that attended from the previous year, and then we had some new attendees. It was a beautiful time. I know. And I keep saying, I got to get out to, to attend. But you know, you're right. The time is kind of sneaks up on you and you're all of a sudden it saying- does. Oh my gosh, I just finished the Northwest Flower and Garden show and which is always at the end of February and then I dive right into something else. So I'm yeah. I feel guilty telling you I'm gonna come and then I don't come, but I'll yeah. try to remedy that next year. Maybe Becky and I'll yes. go. That'd be great. Yeah. Becky would take any chance to get out of Calgary in uh, April. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Valerie, before we move, we move on to Becky, um, just your, I, you and I talked about wanting to, I wanted to have you at the Silver Summit. You were interested in coming. You attended yes. last year, so you kind of know, you know, know what the summit is like. As as has Gina, she's attended two previous years. But what, yeah. um, what are you hoping to share with? 
the um, the attendees, half of whom are probably florists or farmer florists. The other half are, are mostly farmers. So it's a kind of a blended mix of attendees. I The biggest takeaway that I want the attendees to take from my session is just the authenticity in their work. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of times we can really believe that this industry, not only as florists, but as flower farmers and growers, really think that it's oversaturated. But the truth is that it's not. You know, there's a place and a role for every single person in this space. And that's what we continue to vibrate through the Black Girl Florist organization and even in the message that I'm going to share at the Slow Flowers Conference. Oh, that's wonderful. And you're going to do a floral design as well. I am, yes. <laughs> and I, I have to say, I feel like, you know, you're kind of guinea pigs, but all the speakers are because no one's going to know what floral material is there to work with until I was thinking about that. They the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody asked me, well, uh, one of the farms that's donating flowers said, well, what color palette do you want? And I was like, look, we just, we want everything because it's, you, you don't want to say no to flowers that are being donated, yeah. right? You want to take what you can get, but you also know that it's like peak of season. Everything's going to look awesome. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, I, I can't. I, I think that a lot of, well, sort of like design on, on the fly, you know, you'll, you'll make it work and it'll be fun. Um, hey, I've designed in a parking lot. Okay. So <laughs> okay, <now. laughs> you know, so I'm ready for the challenge. And well, you know, you know I, I like to responsibly forage. So I, I, oh, I'm nice. looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Bellevue Botanical Garden will uh, like shut you down if you try to clip from the <laughs> No, but, that's part of the responsibility. I ask. Oh. <laughs> I will say for the floral takeover, and then we'll get to Becky. Um, we had this planning meeting, and Be- um, Tammy and Lori have gone through the whole. And this is like a forty-two acre property. This botanical garden. They've gone through the whole place to find the sites where uh, we're going to have like these mini mini installations. I mean, we're only going to have three hours to do it, so not, everything's going to be awesome but not like epic uh full a full garden display like what you're talking about uh Valerie at the flower, at the Philly show but I'm looking at the slides of all these locations and some of them are arbors and benches and railings and then there's like one with a trash can and, and I'm like why is this trash can in there and 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 they they're like well a la Lewis Miller someone's got to flower this trash can and so that will be crazy. Oh, I know. They right? do that in New York all the time. Yeah. I've seen, and, I've seen it on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And that's the designer, Lewis Miller, who kind of started that. And so I thought it was brilliant. And, and they, and they, the gals were like, well, do you think that the botanical garden will be able to like give up use of one garbage can for a few days? I'm like, yes, this is going to be better than anything they've ever had. So <laughs> I just, I really can't wait to see it and see what everybody does. So I'm thrilled that you're both going to be traveling here. And well, all three of you are going to be on a plane coming into Seattle uh, very soon. So let's talk to Becky real quickly. Um, Becky Feesby is part the, the second part of the sustainability uh, panel um, or track. Uh, you our viewers met Sarah Riaz yesterday. Um, they also met Dee Hall and Tracy Yang, who are going to be in the flower farming track. But hey, Becky, I'm so hey. delighted that you're going to be with us. And you, you're not going to be a boring PowerPoint pres- presenter. You're oh, going to be a lively one, right? I try to make sure that nothing I do is boring. I mean, I did opt out because Deborah said, you know, do you want to do design? And I said, no. And, um, and it wasn't so much because I didn't want to design anything. It's because I wanted to to offer something that really gave people an opportunity to think outside 
the sort of sustainability box that we've kind of put ourselves into. Um, and hopefully people will leave feeling like they learned a bunch of stuff, but they're also sort of inspired to go and seek out um, new and different solutions to some of the the problems, either real or existential that they've been facing mm-hmm. um, in mm-hmm. trying to create more sustainable businesses. So I hope to have um, a couple exercises that we sort of go through together. Some things, one that I've learned uh, during my master's program that I found it's funny when I first went through it in, it was a sustainability leadership for the 21st century was the, the name of the, the course. And it was one of the, our core courses. And um, when I first went through it, I thought this would never happen. The, the out, the terrible outcome I'm anticipating and the fears that I am projecting into trying to solve this, this sustainability issue, they will never happen. And now that what, I've what actually, do you mean, like that that actual problem won't happen? Like yeah, you just imagined no, so it's, it? It's, it's an exercise where you go through identifying a problem, trying to sort of come up with the things that you, the steps you might take to solve it, and then what's getting in your way mm-hmm. from even starting to try to work on that problem. Mm-hmm. And they're sort of called our big assumptions, our assumptions that we're we're putting on ourselves that, oh, people won't like me somebody will get angry, it will be too hard, like all of these sorts of things that get in our way of, you know, trying to affect some kind of change, right? Yeah. And and so I remember going through the exercise in class and everybody in class, their big assumptions were like, people won't like me, <laughs> I'll get a bunch of hate, um, you know, and blah, 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 blah. And we were all sort of giggling with saying, well, those those are, those are big assumptions and they probably won't come true. Except now in one thing that I'm working on really, really hard, all of those assumptions have come true. Yeah. So then I think to myself, how, how do I like deal with the excessive amount of hate that I've received in the last three weeks? Um, mm-hmm. How do I try to wrap my head around affecting change that I think is meaningful and important and, and either you know, welcome that hate and try to sort of like work through it or push it away. Like, so all of these sorts of things. So I'm hoping that, that some of these things that we work on during my session, people will be able to take away and go, okay, like here's a quick and easy chart that I can write some of my issues down in and then, and then write down all my big assumptions or my worries or concerns Mm. and then come up with sort of a a plan of attack, if you will. (laughs) So, you're also yeah. going to, I know you're also going to bring sort of your, uh, just your excitement about things that are happening with your own conference w- or yeah. workshop, which is the Sustainable Flowers Project that you do with yeah. TJ McGrath, which Absolutely. is this fall. Yeah. And so, so, yeah, so we're, we are so excited for that. Um, and it's something that I've, that I've worked on since 2019 when I ran it for three years here in Calgary, and then I've partnered up with TJ to run it uh, together. And so last year was our first time doing that and it was amazing. So we're trying to build on, on, um, on that every year, um, make it better, take, take tips and ideas and feedback we receive each year to try to sort of build it up into what, what we know people need and want um, and try to meet people where they are. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's sort of like part think tank, part, you know, incredible design opportunities with really phenomenal instructors, um, inspirational talks. There's always social justice in it, right? So we try to weave together all of these things so that people leave feeling really sort of uplifted and full and, you know, maybe full of more questions and stuff, but I think that's okay, right? So mm-hmm. just that, yeah, 
And that's sort of a big part of the way I sort of run my life, Deborah. To be yeah. Honest. Like all of my stuff. Yeah. And like the Slow Flowers Summit. Well, I haven't, I only, by the way, I did speak to the Sustainable Flowers project, but it was virtual because it was virtually exactly. And I couldn't get into Canada. Like the, my, I was <laughs> not allowed. Right. So. That's right. <laughs> but what I know about your events and I know about Karen Thornton, our event manager for the summit is there's always good food and you've got to feed people uh, yes, really we, well. Yes. So they can very good food. Yes. Do all these creative things and feel, <laughs> you know, feel back to self care comment of Gina's like, Totally. Nurtured. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's important. So mm. yeah. So since I saw everybody last year at the summit, I've um, finished all my coursework for my graduate program. And now I'm on to thesis research and writing, which will run through the summer, through the fall, hopefully sort of finish around March or April and then convocate in May. Of 2024. Yes, of 2024. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. I wish I would. Yeah. Uh, very exciting. Yeah. Um, wow. All right. Well, I will, since we're talking about food, I will just say I just got the confirmation that the menu is finalized for our farm dinner on Sunday night, which is going to be um, the 25th at a farm called Mercer Island Funny Farm, which is, it's it's a flower, it's a, a horse farm, like a place where children can take horseback riding classes. But one of our members um, has a, uh, has a business called Kika Flowers and her, it's her cousins or something, and they let her grow, grow her flowers on the land around this beautiful horse farm. Uh, but we are so excited that we have the catering is from Christy Brown, and Christy Brown is owns the hottest black-owned restaurant in Seattle uh, called Communion. But she has a catering side of her business called that uh, Brown Girl Cooks, and she's going to cater for us and um, make it a com completely like Northwest cuisine meets southern cuisine so we'll see what that's like i don't think anyone will complain <laughs> but um we're that thrilled yeah we're thrilled because she doesn't usually uh, i hear she doesn't usually cater on sundays because sunday is a church day and so she made an exception for us and um the food will be spectacular and then uh, we all we really have a priority with the summit and i know becky's talked and i've talked about this and i know valerie your events are like this you really want to support women-owned businesses and have as much representation as possible with your vendors. So we have um, a Latina owned caterer for our food on Monday and Tuesday, which is um, uh, spacing out on the name of that business. It's anyway, you'll know about it when you come, but <laughs> I've, I've also seen that menu and I think we're going to be well-fed and we're going to be well-flowered. So I'm thrilled that you'll all be with us. And um, I just thank you for giving a little snapshot to people. We're going to just kind of tease this out this um, when I post this this weekend to say there's still time to get a ticket. It's almost down to the wire and we're almost sold out. We only have about 10 tickets left. So if you're watching this and you think, I want to meet these women and I want to learn from them, uh, I would love to have you reach out and we'll try to help you figure out how to, you know, you're right, Gina, those last minute plane tickets can be a killer, but, you know, <laughs> If you have a car, <laughs> you can drive. So anything else that you, any of you want to add before we wrap up? I'm just really looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah. The Slow Flower Summit's always sort of a highlight for me. Mm. Yeah, and to thank you, Deborah, for, for all that you do to lift people up in this business of oh, flowers, this crazy well, world exactly. of flowers. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if we can't do that, then what's the point, right? Yeah, so. I agree. Yeah. 
Well, travel safe, and um, I will see you all very soon. I'll reach out to both Valerie and Gina for photos. Becky, you're gonna you have some photos of one of your f- fun containers you've designed for your clients, right? What do oh, you I- have that you can send me? <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you need something? I can send you something. (laughs) I'm sort of teasing you. But on the other hand, why not? I want to see what you've been working on lately. You're not doing any weddings this summer, are you? No, I have one. I have one later in August. Oh, okay. But I'm I'm just like busy with all the minimal. Yeah. Yeah. And Valerie and Gina, you both probably have a number of weddings. Um, No, it's minimal. I've got I've got. um, Let's see. I have one. I have two in July and I have one in August. Okay. And I'm actually, that's cool. I can do that's, things behind the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's get ready for September, October, and November. Which will be well, busier. actually September and October. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Valerie? I have one in July and one possibly in August. But okay. the September, October rush is surely to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was going to say in, in, in your climate, people want those spring and fall weddings, but also in Northern Definitely. California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. thank you. Thank you all so much. I'm delighted that we had this chat. I love you all and I'll see you all very soon. Thank you, Deborah. We love you, Deborah. Thank you. People can get more details about all these talented people um, at our show notes at slowflowerspodcast.com. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. You can find more details about all these speakers in our show notes for episode 615 at slowflowerspodcast.com. If you're still thinking about attending the Slow Flower Summit, there is still time to register. So please reach out with any questions to karen at slowflowers.com or deborah at slowflowers.com. We may be able to connect you with an extra ticket. Thanks so much to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. And thank you to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry with the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. I love all this floral goodness, and I am so happy you joined me today. Thanks so much for supporting the Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor downloaded more than 1 million times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show or our long-running podcast, check out all of our resources at slowflowerssociety.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flower Show and the Slow Flowers Podcast. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. Thanks so much for joining us today, and I'll see you next week. Next week.